Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Hey everybody and welcome to Inside Southwest Florida Football, the 10th episode of our podcast that's new this year. I'm joined by Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher and I'm the News Press' Adam Regan. Adam, how are you, man? I am so good. It's hard to believe we have done this 10 times. You know, it just flies by when you're talking football with your best friend in the whole wide world, which is what you are to me, Mr. Adam Regan. And so I'm glad to be here again. So excited that we're getting right into the, uh, the thick of the playoff hunt. It's funny, you, you call me your best friend. I don't even think that you're my best friend in the room right now. Oh, that's sad. I, we had such a good time in Phoenix a few years ago, you remember? We yeah, we did, but, but... We shared but, adult beverages. But a- Andrea Andrea Melendez, she's my bro. and uh, Our fabulous she, producer. And a wonderful cook, actually, too. Really? So she puts, okay. she, that puts her over the top, I Listen, believe. Listen, man, I made some dope paella this, uh, this Sunday to watch oh. football, so I'll bring some to you next time. All right, so this week for our big picture discussion, we are going to name our Southwest Florida top five. Fisher, you and I both do our own power rankings. You do Collier County power rankings. I do Lee County power rankings. I thought it would be fun this week if we were to name the top five teams in all of Southwest Florida. So I'm sure our list might defer a little bit. Number five in Southwest Florida, who you got? Well, let me preface it by saying it's a little tough for us just because the nature of our jobs. You cover Lee County, I cover Collier, so I don't get to see live a lot of teams. I'm just relying on reports and, and the things that you tell me. So kind of hard to compare them as well when there aren't maybe some, some common opponents. But number five on my list, a team that lost pretty bad this uh, past week, but I still think they are a solid team and have a shot to make the playoffs, is North Fort Myers. I know it's a team you and I have both been high on this year until um, they, they got down early to Charlotte and then that just kind of threw them off, and they ended up losing by, what, 18 points, 16 points? They gave up 27 points in the first quarter to Charlotte. At Charlotte, tough place to play. I kept them out of my rankings. My number five, what about Baron Collier? Seven and one this season. They got a win win over Immokalee, win over Golden Gate, win over Regis Jesuit from Colorado. Their offense is clicking on all cylinders. I think they belong in the top five. I agree with you. I don't know if we should get into it now or later because I have Baron Collier. Do you want me to tell you what I got? Well, do you have him at number four? I don't. Who do you have at number four? Number four, I have Riverdale, a team I wanted to put higher, and I know they're highly ranked on your ranks you do every week, but just digging through the schedule, I I found it's not a – particularly strong strength of schedule. I think another Lee County team I'll mention later is better. Um, four of their last five wins have come against teams with one or zero wins between them with East Lee, Baker, South Fort Myers, Island Coast, and then a win over a Gulf Coast, which looks pretty solid. So I, I still don't know if the three teams I have above them who have a little bit more pedigree, I don't I don't know if they would beat them. And, and that's, let me tell you that, that's why I've ranked these, is who would win basically in a fight on the At, field. Yes, neutral field. I would say, yeah. and, that, and that'll come into play later sure. for, for our, our uh, power rankings here. And f- at number four, I'm going to go with Fort Myers, mm. seven and one. And this is where the neutral field thing comes into play. I think uh, Fort Myers at home, tough as they come, but I'm not sure they beat, they beat a Riverdale on a neutral field. They've got a 28 to 20 win over North Fort Myers. They lose to Charlotte at home. Yeah. When they were up 14 points, 
And then they have a very unimpressive 15 to 11 win over Lehigh. So I think Fort Myers will be a factor later in the postseason. I just don't think that they're a top three team in Southwest Florida. Number three. Well, great segue because I disagree because I have Fort Myers at number three. As I said, I have them ranked one spot higher than Riverdale. I just think you mentioned they don't have very much impressive wins, but they are wins against good schools. And Fort Myers, they're just more solid all around. They've got more athletes, and they've done it before. They've got a great coach. When it comes down to playoff time, I think they've got you know what it takes. They've been there a few years in a row. Riverdale's kind of new. They're kind of feeling it out. And, yes, they are 7-0, 8-0, whatever they are, um, but haven't proved it against maybe the, the quality of teams that I've seen against Fort Myers. And my number three team? Mm-hmm. Riverdale. They're number one in my Lee County uh, power ranking, so that should tell you something right there. But the reason I have them at number three overall is because of their their schedule. It it hasn't been great after the first couple of games, but I've seen them play, and they execute so well, and they make very few mistakes, and that running game is just unbelievable. That's why I think that they're the best team in Lee County, and they would beat Fort Myers on neutral field head-to-head and that would be let me just say that would be such an awesome game i would love to watch well, that game that i want to campaign for that i you know the this is the next cycle of, this, of the schedules the next two years i think riverdale needs to be on fort Myers schedule I agree. and i th- i think sam siriani jr would love to have that as well so i think that would be a great game who you got at number two? So number two, I uh, previewed it a few uh, moments ago, and this is going to show my Collier County bias, which is good. I'm a Collier County reporter, but I have Baron Collier at number two. I think I even asked you as we walked in today, would it be nuts if I had uh, Baron Collier over Fort Myers? I just like what I've seen from them, and they've had a bunch of impressive wins. No really struggling wins. I mean, it was a narrow win against Golden Gate, and they didn't look great against Golden Gate, but it was at Golden Gate. Golden Gate is a good program, as we saw last week when Golden Gate uh, played Naples tough for a half. Just Baron Collier can do it all. They're running for 300 yards a game. they got a quarterback that has thrown for 200 yards in a game this year. Um, the only thing that worries me about Baron Collier is maybe their depth. A lot of their uh, big offensive guys are going two ways, and that can wear you down, especially against a really good team that isn't having a bunch of two-way guys. So I got the Cougars at number two. I will say this about Baron Collier. The strength of schedule – at this moment right now, right now, the FHSA values Fort Myers strength of schedule over Baron Collier's. Fort Myers is ranked number two in that region, and Baron Collier is currently ranked number four. Right. And my number two team, Naples Golden Eagles. Oh, what? Uh, I've got I've got them at number two, and that'll might give you a hint on who my first team is, ranked number one. Naples at home. If they played all their games at home, which actually for the rest of the regular season they will, I would put them at at number one in Southwest Florida because that home field advantage is crazy. But if they played my number number one team on a neutral field or at the number one team's place, I don't know how it would go. But, yeah, Naples number two for me. And Naples is my number one. I just think, again, they're Naples. They're better than every team, at least in Collier County. We'll see in a few weeks. They play Baron Collier. They haven't looked great in a few first halves this year, but they just wear you down. They're great at making halftime adjustments. They got Ches Malusi, the best weapon in all of Southwest Florida. I have not seen Charlotte play as much, just reading reports. I think that would be a really good game. Problem with Naples, they don't have a passing game. 
So if, if you are loading up nine guys in the box, you got to rely on their quarterback to make some throws. But until Naples loses to a Southwest Florida team in the playoffs, I'll, I'll stick with the Golden Eagles. And you stole a little bit of my thunder. I wanted the big reveal for my, my number one oh, team. Oh, I'm sorry. My number one team is Charlotte. I mean, I, th- I don't think you can do Southwest Florida rankings without ranking Charlotte and Binky Waldrip up there. They're number one because their only loss in the season is to defending – 7A state champ Venice. Mm. They beat Fort Myers. They handled North Fort Myers at home. I love the way they execute. Alex Muse, their quarterback, is excellent. He's just a great signal caller. I think their running game is strong, and I think it will be interesting to see if Charlotte and Naples do play in the playoffs, where that game is going to be. The seeding in that 6A3 region is going to be key. Most definitely. And let me throw in there, I meant to say this at the top, um, I blatantly did not include Charlotte County, and I did that on purpose just because I don't follow them. I don't know anything about them. And you know what? All the way down to Naples, it's hard for me to even consider. They just seem like a, a farther way away. They don't seem like part of Southwest Florida. I, mean, I know they are, and yes, I'm throwing mad shade on Charlotte County now. I don't think we have too many listeners there in Charlotte County. If we do, prove me wrong, hit me up at NDN underscore Adam on Twitter. But yeah, I definitely left them out on purpose. And I will say... Fisher does know something about Charlotte County because if you look at the notes in front of you, I have Charlotte, (laughs) their record, where they're ranked in the region, which is number one, by the way. They're big wins on the season. So you do know a little bit about Charlotte. You just wanted to disrespect Charlotte County out there. Um, It reminds me of, you know, when I get crap for not including Clewiston and Moorhaven and Southwest Florida. Uh, They're too far away. You know, we don't need to worry about them down in Naples. What about honorable mentions? We left out a couple of good teams in, in this What's what? Who's the best team that we left out? The best team we left out is probably going to be Lehigh. They have impressed me the past few weeks. I know, uh, again, I was talking smack about them when they were 3-0. and I, I didn't think they were legit, but they, they've run that record up to 5-1 and now. The one loss is a close one to Fort Myers when they were missing some of their top weapons, correct? Is, is that right? Yes. So yeah. um, I got Lehigh as my uh, you know first one off. I, and I agree with you. They're, they're, they should be the first one out. But another team we're totally just – I mean, we picked against them last week. Bishop Verreau, yeah. seven and one, ranked number one in that four A three region, coming away with a big five to three win over Delray that Beach American game. Heritage. Yeah, a big three run homer in the sixth inning by them <laughs> to to win that one. But they've beaten Lakeland Christian. They've they've beat Labelle at Labelle, which mm-hmm. I think is a pretty quality win there. Any other any other omissions that? Yeah, two teams I do want to mention: Golden Gate. Still unsure if they belong among the top tier. I mean, they played Naples very, very well. Naples ended up kind of overwhelming them in the second half. We're going to find out this week when they play at Riverdale and Immokalee, a team with not the best record, but you know we talk about Immokalee all the time. You don't want to play them in the playoffs. That makes them dangerous. Therefore, I think they belong somewhere in the top ten. Well, that's going to do it for our top fives of Southwest Florida. Fisher disrespecting Charlotte County. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. I'm sorry. But when we come back, we're going to break down some of the big games this week. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. And we're back with Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News alongside Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. Now it's time to look ahead. It's week nine of the high school football regular season. Only three weeks left. 
We've got some games here in Lee County and Collier County we're going to preview. Uh, let's start up here at Lee County, a team we kind of glossed over in, in the first segment, a team that had a big win last week in Bishop Vero. Last week they beat the number three team in 3A. This week they go to another strong 3A team at Tampa Catholic. What do you think about Bishop Vero? I mean, that, that's a long road trip, and that's the only thing that concerns me here. Yeah, th- their defense is just clicking on all cylinders this season. John Mooring, their defensive coordinator, has them giving up 15 points a game. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in Southwest Florida, and it showed against one of the state powerhouses in Class 3A. 5-3 five, five, victory. Uh, big shout-out to Logan McLeod, who had a go-ahead field goal, and then uh, Jocelyn Mira, who blocked the game time, game-winning game field goal late in the game with about a minute left, and he also had the safety right. to go ahead. I mean, he was just all and over the place. he ran 134 yards. Yeah. He was doing everything. Right. But this game against Tampa Catholic, this is a Tampa Catholic team who's 5-2. and two. They've beaten the teams that they should have beaten and then lost to the teams that they should have lost to. And one of those losses was to Clearwater Central Catholic, who's the number one team in their classification. This is a tough road trip. I picked against Bishop Vero last week, so I probably should learn my lesson. But this is going to be a real tough game. I think this might be the next toughest game after that, you know, last week's game on their schedule. Agreed. And let's give props to the Vikings. They are ranked number one in their Class 4A Region 3 in the playoff rankings. That's impressive. Full point ahead of Coco in the, in the average point standing. So they're doing some good things. Let's skip down to uh, Collier County right now. where we got a handful of matchups. And let me point out, only eight games in Collier County this week. We've got some teams on by and teams playing each other. So a light schedule. Golden Gate at Riverdale. So I guess it's a gold, uh, Collier County and Lee County game. I don't know. We just talked about how Riverdale hasn't played a ton of great teams. They've played some okay teams. Golden Gate has looked pretty good the past two weeks, although they lost to two good teams. So what's going to give here? Well, this is the battle of the single wing, if I'm not mistaken. You're going to have two. It's going to be a real fast team, fast yeah. game because – Every play is going to be a run play. The clock's just going to keep running. Although I will say that now that Golden Gate has a quarterback back and Ryan Magel, he has thrown it around a bit the past few games um, and looks pretty decent. He completed some big passes against Naples. But, yes, go ahead. Yeah, Riverdale, they're going to be tested these last two weeks. They're trying to go for that undefeated regular season, and they've got Golden Gate and Lehigh back-to-back to to finish off this undefeated regular season. It's going to be tough. They've had some cupcakes the last couple weeks. I still think that they're going to come out strong and focused because James Delgado, their their coach, is that kind of guy. He keeps these guys focused. Their eye is on the prize. They're not thinking about undefeated regular season. They're thinking about 1-0. And Golden Gate uh, started 5-0. and They're 5-2 and now. Some good losses to Baron Collier and Naples. I do worry about if they lose this one, which there's no shame in that, losing to an undefeated team in a, in a bigger class. What that does to their psyche, that, that's what Mike DeGrigley has harped on all season, is getting these guys to believe they can win. Hopefully that doesn't affect them because they should still have a shot at the playoffs, even with the loss. So back up here in Lee County, we've got Mariner at Dunbar. Mariner took an L last week in a very um, heartbreaking fashion to a winless Laley team on a 45-yard touchdown at the buzzer. Yeah, at home. At home. Granted, they were playing without Rashawn Hunter. That's a big problem there. But if Mariner wanted to stay in the playoff race, this one didn't help. They're currently dropped all the way down to 15th. It's looking really, really bleak for the, the Tritons. And then you have on the other side of the coin, you have Dunbar, who they keep winning. They're on pace to win a district title. they got to play Mariner and then Cluiston to get it done. And they're ranked eighth in the playoff rankings. 
Now, if if I'm correct, if Dunbar wins this game, they win the district championship. I believe I believe that's because correct. Because the best they could finish is tied with Immokalee, and they've already beaten Immokalee, so they would win that head-to-head. So Dunbar playing for a district title at home. What's what's the situation on uh, Rashawn Hunter? I I don't know. It's you know I thought he would play the, against Lately. Injury? What, what, what's yeah, the story? It was a, injury. He I believe he went out in the second half mm. two weeks ago, and they guess they just kept him out. And we've been waiting on Laley to win one of these games yeah. and they did and i guess do you want to go down to collier county and talk about that immokalee at Laley game yeah it was funny um we we talked about before Laley surprising some people you have said that and they almost beat dunbar well not almost they were up in, in the second half they almost beat dunbar gosh the way immokalee is playing though i mean immokalee's looked so good even last week they started very slow in a game that was yet again delayed i think that makes every game this year immokalee has played has been delayed at the start um, by lightning, what have you. Um, but yeah, Laley feeling good, but man, Immokalee's playing well. And we mentioned the 45-yard Hail Mary pass, and we didn't mention who it was. You got the quarterback for Laley, Jonas Dadon. 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 Yeah. I don't want to don't want to mispronounce that yes. because the kid has a cannon for an arm. And then he hits Nick. Absaint, I, I guess. Absaint, I'm not Absaint, sure yeah, yeah, a great catch. He got behind the defense on that one, I believe. I, I believe I saw a video of that where he he, he got up. He still had to make a play. He still had to go up and get it. Um, looked pretty good, and he had over I think 160 yards receiving. The, the coaches told me so. We knew they had playmakers at Laley, but I think Immokalee has more. They've scored averaged 45 points a game in their three game winning streak last week, 34 to 28 to Cluiston at Cluiston. Uh, you know it wasn't as close as that final score indicates, but uh, Immokalee's on a roll now. We'll go back up to Lee County for. An out-of-area game, really. Lakeland Kathleen at Lehigh, and Lakeland Kathleen is the alma mater of one Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah? Very yes. cool. Yeah. Um, and then they're a strong program. I'm trying to look. What, they're 4A? They oh, no, they're 4-3 and three on the season. Oh, are they 7A, though? Lakeland Kathleen? I, b- I, believe, I believe they are, and they're one of the big powerhouses in Polk County. Obviously, they have a huge rivalry with Lakeland High. Right. Which, you know, everybody knows about their past. This one last year was up at Lakeland Kathleen, and it was 28-12, to 12, Kathleen over Lehigh. So I think it's going to be a little closer this year. I think Lehigh has the horses, the guys up front, those really, really big guys. They're, they're moving the ball, and they're playing great defense. This one could be a toss-up, and this one definitely could solidify Lehigh in – the playoffs. Oh yeah, if they win this, I'm all in on them. Even though Fort Myers has already locked up that district crown because they have beaten Lehigh. If Lehigh wins this, they're pretty much a lock for the playoffs, I would believe. And the last one for our previews this week in Collier County, one of my favorite matchups of all the sports, community school at St. John Newman. This is always a fun game. It's two private schools in uh, Collier County, the two oldest ones. It's about 25-year-old rivalry, I would say, not in football. Community school started somewhere in the mid-90s, started sports then. Newman's been around since the 80s. So if you're going private school, you know, 10 years ago, this was the only options, or 12 years ago. And so they love to play each other. It's fun in basketball. It's fun in baseball. It's fun in volleyball. And it's definitely fun in football now that community school has gotten better. St. John Newman's kind of come back under Damon Jones, who, by the way, started the community school program back in 2010. But as far as on the field this week, I don't know what to make a community school. They come with this huge comeback win to beat Oasis two weeks ago, and then they get beat 51-13 to at home to ECS. I mean, they're, they're too up and down for me this year. I told you. I told you. You told ECS, me about ECS, uh, Logan Perlman. ECS was going to have that big game, and we were waiting for them to really 
jump out of their shoes and win a ball game. And Logan Perlman came and just lit community school up. Shout out to ECS, their 20th anniversary uh, of, oh, yeah? of their their football program. They're celebrating it this week when they play. So you know, a lot of a lot of guys will be back for that and. And well, they're coming fantastic. off a big win, so. Yeah, and St. John Newman, let me point out, this is the first of three games in eight days for them because they have a Tuesday game they have to make up at uh, St. Petersburg. Keswick, Christian, uh, but they are well-rested coming off a bye. So that'll do it for a preview for week nine. When we come back, Mr. Adam Regan had an interview with Bishop Rose coach Josh Vogelbach. So come on back. Have your say on which high school football matchup should be the game of the week. The News Press and Naples Daily News staffs will select three games in each county and your votes on news-press.com, naplesdailynews.com, or the mobile apps will determine which is the game of the week. Hey everybody, this is Adam Regan with the Inside Southwest Florida podcast and I'm joined today by Bishop Verreau coach Josh Vogelbach of the 7-1 Bishop Verreau Vikings. Josh, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Josh, as I said, you guys are 7-1, coming off a big win over American Heritage. Describe to me how this team has improved from off-season workouts to right now. Well, you know, it's um, night and day from last year. Um, we got the kids to really buy in in the off-season. They did a great job in the weight room and things like that, and we feel that that has uh, helped us a lot, to, even in the injury department, which we really struggled with last year. This was our first year with a true, really off-season program in a long time, and the kids really bought in, and we feel like that's led to our success throughout the year. And there's no denying how big of a win that was last week against a ranked team, probably one of the biggest wins since perhaps you were quarterbacking, Vero. Uh, it was a very big win for us. Uh, proud of our kids going against a team that's very well known throughout the state from the other coast. And but you know we have to have a short memory and move on. And got another big one this week. Josh, did you ever think you'd end up as a coach? I love the game of football, and I knew I wanted to stay around it. I honestly, I never thought I'd be back here at Bishop Vero. I didn't think I'd be lucky enough to be put in this position. But I'm very thankful for it. Very blessed, and hopefully making the most of it. And as one of the most productive passers in Lee County High School football history, how tough was it for you to make that transition from a guy who wanted to chuck the ball all over the yard to a guy that knew that balance was important offensively? It definitely took me a couple years to figure out, but I still love to throw it. We have two phenomenal running backs, and you know, got to get the ball in their hands as much as possible, and they've, they've made us look good this year, so I'm proud of them. And defensively, you guys have been nothing short of amazing. I think you're giving up a little more than 15 points a game. Is How much of a credit is that to your guys on the defensive staff? I'm very blessed to have uh, John Mooring as our defensive coordinator. John played with me when I was here, and I am so lucky that he was able to come back here and coach with me, and he does a great job with those kids. And, you know, they, they are completely bought in. And, you know, actually last game was the first one we were completely healthy on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it showed. And, you know, the guys played great and made some big plays when we needed them to and really, I mean, won us the game. And you have a, a young quarterback in Jacob Azizi, and obviously uh, he's learning from one of the best to do it in, your, in yourself. How has he come along? Uh, Jake's a phenomenal kid. I mean, he just wants to win. He's done great. We've had some ups and downs throughout the year, but he's learning. And, I mean, the future is extremely bright for that kid. I think he will, before it's all said and done, he will be one of the best, if not the best, in Southwest Florida. 
And I'm not going to go and interview without mentioning your brother, Dan. How important is he to these kids in terms of being a role model for, and not just your guys, but, you know, a lot of athletes at the school? Uh, Daniel does a great job. He loves Bishop Vero. Um <laughs> so funny, he comes back in town from playing in the big leagues. The first thing he does is come to football practice at Bishop Vero. So and these kids, you know, they look up to him because he's kind of been there, done that. And he's been very successful. He went to Vero. He won a state championship here at Vero. And then was blessed enough to go on to the next level, and he's having some success there. So it's good for these kids to be around him and see, you know, somewhat what it takes and hearing it from them. It gets old coming from us as coaches. Sometimes hearing it from an outside source is good. Uh, he does a very good job with that. You've mentioned it to me before that uh, he, he, he thinks he knows a lot about football. And does he try to give you any pointers with X's and O's and things he sees? Oh, Friday night on the sidelines, of course. He'll try. Sometimes I listen. Sometimes I don't. What's your response when you want him to stay in his lane? Oh, no, I never really tell him that. I just kind of nod my head and then don't listen to him, you know? <laughs> I got you. And how has the community at Vero rallied around this team? In past years that you've been here, you know, it's been up and down seasons, but, I mean, really this year, you know, you guys have risen to the top. How have they supported this team? I've said it before. I think the Bishop Vero family is unlike any other. It's incredible. They've supported me. They've supported this team. It's a special thing to be a part of it. Whether you're winning or losing, they're phenomenal. But when you're winning, it's even better because you feel like you're giving back to them a little bit too for all the hard work they put in, whether it be the administration, alumni, any, the, the students. So it, it's fun to see them enjoying it just as much as we are. And a tough road trip for you guys this week. You guys are going up to Tampa Catholic. I'm sure they're licking their chops. They, they see that you guys are you know only have one loss coming off a big win over American Heritage. What do you guys need to do to be successful on a road trip like that against a tough team? You know, they're big, physical, um, have proven themselves in past years and this year. We have got to do what we've been doing. We've got to play great defense. We've got to be able to run the football and be patient. You know, I can't, uh, can't turn the ball over. Got to t- win the turnover battle and continue to be good on special teams. It's kind of a thing that nobody's really talking about, but we've, been, we've won the special teams battle in most of our games. And I ask this to a lot of coaches because I think I know the answer, but when the playoff standings come out, you guys are ranked number one, by the way, how much does a coach pay attention to that? Is it something where you want to know where you're at or you just figure if we, if we do what we're supposed to do, you know, we'll end up where we're supposed to be? Our whole uh, motto ever since we lost to Cardinal Mooney the first game of the year has been 1-0. So we're trying to win one game at a time. And uh, our goal this week is to beat Tampa Catholic. I feel like if we can continue to be 1-0 for the last two weeks, hopefully that'll take care of itself. And lastly, Josh, recruiting in this area is, is a big deal. You know, the kid, the, We have a lot of Division One prospects and everything like that, and every kid wants to be a Division One prospect. You were a Division One prospect, but you ended up at a D3 school. Can you explain, I guess, kind of talk to the kids a little bit about how – you can succeed at the Division Three level. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a Division Three player, NAIA player, Division Two player. I think a lot of kids get caught up in the I'm a D1 or I'm a bust, and that is not the case at all. You know, there's great football at all levels, and I saw it from the highest level to the lowest level. And uh, I feel like if you want to play football and you have a passion for it, and you know, go to the next level, play at any any level that you can. And I'm a firm believer that if you're good enough and you have the ability to play, or you're blessed to play in the NFL, they'll find you. Whether you're in D1, D3, NAI, whatever it might be. Josh, I, I appreciate you joining us on the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, and hopefully we can catch up to you come playoff time. 
Sounds good. I really appreciate you having me. For analysis of Bishop Rowe's road trip up to Tampa Catholic, come back to news-press.com slash sports late on Friday night, and we'll tell you how they did. And when we come back from break, we answer your questions. After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. All right, guys, we are back with our favorite segment of the week where we get to speak to you, the fans, through your questions online, on Twitter. And if you do want to get at us, I am at NDN underscore Adam on Twitter. And I'm at NP underscore Adam Regan. So two questions this week. The first one, Tough Bohannon on Twitter, what are Gulf Coast's playoff chances? And let me point out, Tough is a senior linebacker there with the Sharks. Let me also point out that I was very dismissive of Gulf Coast last week. And I'll be honest, I was dismissive when I saw this question on Twitter. I thought, oh, what are their chances? Not great. They're not going to win the district title. They're in a tough region. But then me and Regan start breaking it down, and they're looking better than we thought, aren't they? I, I'm waiting on an apology. I put Gulf Coast in our contender pretender <laughs> segment last week and i was told why are they even that's on the true list? I, I did rip you and for that i, I was I kind of I a jerk to talk about them i thought they were interesting under first year coach tom scalise i'm waiting still i apologize you were correct i was wrong golf coast right now as i scroll through my rankings what do we say they're tied for eighth yes they are tied for eighth in the rankings and so you've got uh, two teams in that region have already locked up playoff spots by winning district championships. That's Pinellas Park and Riverdale, who is in Gulf Coast District. And so you've got one, two, three, four, five teams ahead of Gulf Coast. You assume a couple of those are going to win district titles. So Gulf Coast, if they can win this week, they got Palmetto Ridge. After that, South Fort Myers. Which should be a win. And then at Golden Gate, which should get some, them and some points. Yeah, 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 and that'll be a tough one, but I think it's a winnable game. I mean, you're talking about them finishing 6-4. and four. I mean, I never would have thought a wildcard team would come out of uh, this 7A district for that tough 7A region. And I will say this about Gulf Coast schedule. It's pretty impressive, man. I mean, they got some real help from Hialeah, who's 6-1 and one right now. Yeah. Usually that's not the case. They played Monsignor Pace, who's been pretty good. Naples, Riverdale. They're getting some points for some of these losses. Uh, the scheduling, scheduling gods were looking fondly down upon them, and they're giving them a chance. So as you said, strength of schedule, very important in these FHSAA playoff rankings. Hialeah, Naples, Baron Collier, all of them 6-1 and one, or 7-1 and one in Baron Collier's case. Riverdale, 7-0. and oh. And then you've got Astero and Laley are the only two bad teams that they've played, and they beat them like they should have. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive. So if you're Gulf Coast, I guess you hope that Riverdale keeps winning. They finish undefeated. You hope uh, you know these teams you played, Hialeah, Monsignor Pace, Monsignor Pace, another team with a winning record who's going to help them out. I will say this to Tough. I'm sure Tom Scalise. Your coach probably isn't discussing these scenarios with you. That's probably why you came to the experts huh. for that. I'm sure Coach Scalise is pretty focused on just winning games. Yeah. He's not he's not worried about scenarios, and neither should you, Tough. You should just be worried about winning games. I will tell you, I know for a fact Tom Scalise is not because his motto since he came in this season is 1-0. He wants to go 1-0 every day. That's 1-0 every play. You worry about what you can handle. 
Worry about what's right in front of you right now. Take care of that before you move on, which is, I'm sure, what he's telling his team. So take care of Palmetto Ridge this week. We'll talk again next week. Let's move on to Ben Lane on Twitter. What kind of odds would you put on the top three teams to win Region 6A3? Of course, Region 6A3 is the region we talk about a lot because so many of our teams are in that. I think the majority of our teams, that region is, is all Southwest Florida teams. You've got our top ones, Baron Collier, Naples, Charlotte, North Fort Myers, all those teams. So first of all, what, what do we think the top three teams are? Well, first of all, I want to say another Region 6A3 question. I'm color me shocked. We have had many of these. It's the most interesting region, and it's where some of our best teams play. So I definitely appreciate the question because I think we're going to be talking about it for the next couple of weeks. The top three teams in this region, I don't know if we disagree with this or not. You had Baron Collier ranked pretty high. So is Baron Collier in one of your top three teams? I'd probably put Fort Myers in the top three teams just because they've already locked up a home game in the first round right. because they've already won a district championship. And Baron Collier has a chance. They do have a, a pretty good chance. They've got to play at Naples. Um, but is that, a re- is that a pretty good chance, though? Eh, better than they have in years past. I'll put it that way. Well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do odds on my top three teams. Okay. Number one, I'm gonna say Charlotte. I I, th- I think that they are going to lock up a district championship, and right now they're ahead of Naples and Fort Myers, and I think that they'll be the number one overall seed. So I'll put them at like what three to two, something like that. Three to two. Three those to those two, are three uh, to two. Wow. I'll put Naples at two to one. And then I'll put Fort Myers at like a four to one because Fort Myers hasn't been to a state semifinal in a really, right. really long time. And both Naples and Charlotte have been there recently. You know, it's funny. We mentioned earlier that uh, talking about neutral field versus home field, th- that makes such a big difference because Charlotte, Fort Myers, Naples, all three extremely tough places to play. Very, very hard, and i got to figure out that's a huge home field advantage. So it's going to depend how that shakes out. Again, until Naples loses to a Southwest Florida team in the playoffs, which they did two years ago when they lost to Fort Myers, I would give them top odds. I don't think it's quite as you know good as 3-2, to two, maybe 3-1. to one. And then Charlotte, I'd put— I'll th- take that bet. 3-1? Three 3-1 to one? Three yeah. to one on Naples? No doubt. No quite. Uh, sign, no doubt. Me up, sign me up for it. All right. And Charlotte, and then I would put Fort Myers. I guess that would be my top three. I don't know about odds, but I'll rank them that way. If Naples and Charlotte play in the playoffs, it's going to be where the home field is, where I, where I will lean on that one. Give me Naples all day at home in the playoffs. Can I also throw in there, this is not on our agenda, so I'm going to take you by surprise, but just looking at the uh, playoff standings, we didn't get too much into them this week, but the two-way standings are very interesting to me because the top two teams are going to have a bye, which means we could have a a Collier County matchup in the the first round of the 2A playoffs. You could have St. John Newman playing First Baptist or First Baptist playing community school in the first round of the playoffs, which would be very, very interesting because First Baptist doesn't play those schools during the regular season, and that's a whole other story. But just something I find interesting about the playoff standings. Well, I think that would be awesome for I everybody agree. in Collier County if we could see some of those And we might see it up here, right, because you got the ECS in, in, that, uh, in a different region, aren't they? Yeah, ECS is in a different region, and but Southwest Florida Christian has some work to do there. They're ranked seventh right mm. now in those rankings. So they've got to win probably the rest of their games to get in. So uh, ECS might be the only team you see in that particular region. Gotcha. Well, that'll do it for our questions segment. We would love to answer more, but you got to give them to us, guys. You got to hit us up on Twitter. I guess you could do, you know, email or Instagram or something. But on Twitter, I'm at NDN underscore Adam. And I'm at NP underscore Adam Regan. I enjoy hearing your questions and uh, t- 
taking crap from Naples fans who think I don't understand the Baron Collier rivalry. Well, I also enjoy taking crap from golf or from Golden Gate fans who think that I'm a Naples homer. So keep that coming, guys. We appreciate it. When uh, we get back, we're going to make predictions. Let's do it. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone or download our apps. And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And this is our pick segment. And man, it's getting interesting. I see some choking going on over there. You know, I wouldn't call it choking. I think that you've just you've lived up to your potential. Finally, I see you, you know, finally. Maybe you're a fourth quarter team, but Mr. Regan has picked up two games on me the past and, and the week before that you picked up a game, and maybe the week before that I had a six game lead at one point in our predictions. Dwindle down to a three game lead and I think we're going to vary a little bit on these ones coming up so with three weeks left in the regular season plus the playoffs you know it's, it's anybody's game well I want to say this you're picking 75 percent I'm picking basically 71 percent is that good are we doing awesome or are we not living up to our potential is 70 percent good when you're picking straight up high school football games when we're supposed to be the expert well I would say I bet 75 percent is good I think anything under 71.4 percent is pretty crappy so you're, you're not doing so hot all right let's get to the games man Bishop Rowe at Tampa Catholic you know I, I said I, I don't like to pick teams on long road trips especially at you know historically winning programs like Tampa Catholic, but every time I pick against Bishop Rowe, I've been wrong. They've been very impressive. Already beaten a team ranked in 3A. This is another 3A team in Tampa Catholic who is not ranked. I'm going to take the Vikings on the road. And I'm going to pick against you. Oh. I'm going to go Tampa Catholic. They've been they've been good when they've needed to be, and this is a pretty good test for them. They get this game at home. Every time I pick against Bishop Rowe, they win. So... It's probably going to be a Vikings win. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I said. That's why I had to pick them. Mariner at Dunbar. Dunbar is a team that I think is playing better as of late and, and beating the teams that they're supposed to in their region. I don't know. I like Dunbar at home, even though Mariner, we, we're not sure about the status of Rashawn Hunter, but I'll take Dunbar. Yeah, that's why I'm going to lean heavily towards Dunbar's. I'm not sure about Rashawn Hunter. I, I think Mariner, they're out of it in terms of the playoff race. I think so. I think they're just playing for pride right now. And Dunbar, every game's a playoff game for them right now. And this is for a district championship. This is for a home game. Imagine they get a Mockley at home in the playoffs. I mean, uh, that would be pretty interesting. Hasn't happened in a while. Moving on, Lakeland Kathleen at Lehigh. Tough, tough, man. I've been singing Lehigh's praises. I've kind of almost come full circle on them, or 180, I should say. Again, a tough team, kind of like that Vareau-Tampa Catholic game. And this time, I will take the road team, just like when Bishop Rowe goes up. Lakeland coming all the way down here. I'm going to take Kathleen. I think Lehigh is good, but Kathleen probably a little bit bigger. I know they're a bigger school. I'll take Lakeland Kathleen. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I was hoping you would take Lehigh. I thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely consider taking them at home as well. But I think Lakeland Kathleen, I think they're the better team. But, man, this is going to be a close game, I think. Yeah. I, this is not going to be a blowout. Lehigh is going to give them everything they've got. I just think Lakeland Kathleen will have a little too much for them. 
Golden Gate at Riverdale. Are you going to go for the upset? I don't think so. I think it will be a good game. I still like Golden Gate, even though they've lost two in a row. And even I'm going to pick them to lose this game, giving them three losses in a row. But I still think they are a quality team and, and can make the playoffs. But Riverdale's just rolling. It's hard to slow down that rushing attack. Let's take the Raiders. I agree on this one for everything you said. But I will say that I think Golden Gate will equip themselves pretty well in this game. I think they'll come off looking pretty good. But, I mean, whether that's going to get them into the playoffs or whether they look good against Riverdale or not. Right. But, yeah, Riverdale in this one. Rivalry game, private schools, Collier County, community school at St. John Newman. You know, St. John Newman's going to be the favorite here. But let me say that they have not been as dominant as last year against uh, some of the smaller teams. And last year this game was close. Now, again, community school, a team we talked about earlier, just kind of a Jekyll and Mr. Hyde the past few weeks they can come out and put some points up like they have and not start slow as they have the past two weeks they could surprise them this could be a good game it's going to be a heated game but i will take the celtics at home yeah i'm going to take st john newman here because community school was lost to southwest florida christian academy and ecs st john newman probably would not do that so just give me st john newman at home Mockley at Laley. Laley coming off a big win. Does this galvanize the team, and and do they finish real strong to end the season? Uh, you know, they might have a chance to, to make this interesting, but Mockley's just playing too good right now. Too many weapons. Indians are going to win this one. Yeah, is going to definitely win this one. R.J. Rosales, huge game from him. Clouston at Cypress Lake. District game here. Two teams that are probably out of it. I'm pretty sure they are. So... Who wins this one? You can take you the know, home team. Clewiston is, it's a long road trip. It is, and Clewiston played well last week against Immokalee. Cypress Lake kind of struggling right now. So I'll take Clewiston. I'm going to take Clewiston, too. Dang, come on, man. You got, I'm yeah, trying to they were take up, different from you. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were up 14 nothing on Immokalee. They got some key turnovers. But then Immokalee picked them off four times in the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, that, that gives me a little bit of pause. But, man, I was at that Cypress Lake-Dunbar game last week, and they just – they couldn't do anything right. Mm. They had one big play from Kelsey Demps against a pretty good Dunbar defense. It, it just – the wheels might be starting to come off at Cypress Lake. I mean, we hit, we were pretty high on them early in the season, and they just haven't been able to win that big game other than that Mariner win. So give me the Tigers on the road. And we're going to go to Palmetto Ridge at Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast, a team that this might be a must-win game for them. I think it is. I think Palmetto Ridge still can be dangerous. But every time I say that, they they just they, they, they can't get the offense together. They don't know who their quarterback is. They've used three different guys. Not much there. Defense was supposed to be a lot better. They gave up 56 last week to Baron Collier. And Gulf Coast is a team that can put up points with their spread attack. So I think the Bears have a chance, but we we talked about Golf Coast too much for me to not pick them, so I'll take Golf Coast. I think that after listening to this podcast, Golf Coast will know where they stand, and that'll motivate them. Or would that make them too cocky? Will they think, oh, Oh, we got this? No, 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 no. They know they've got to win their their games to get in the playoffs and take care of their business. Golf Coast at home. Charlotte at Cape Coral, a district game that's lost a little bit of luster. A lot of luster. Exactly. Cape Coral – Dealing with a lot of injuries right now, and it showed last week they lost three nothing mm. to a winless Island Coast team who had lost fifteen straight prior. They were shut out by Island yeah. Coast. Now they were without nine starters. Their quarterback went down in the second half. I understand that, but that just tells you that they are not a well-rounded group. 
if my math is correct, and it's always tougher in these big districts, you got to figure out who beat whom and when. But if Charlotte wins, I believe they win the 6A10 championship. Port Charlotte has two losses, and they, they'll play Port Charlotte. Yeah, I think that this this will about lock it up. So I think that's going to be on their mind, and they're riding high, and, and Cape Coral's just not what we thought they were. So Charlotte wins big. Yeah, I've got Charlotte in this one huge. Yeah. So Southport Myers at Naples. Another game yeah. that we always look forward to. Right. Sometimes it's the game of the year in, yeah. in this area. Lost a little bit of its luster because the Wolfpack is way down this year. Yeah, as I said in my game uh, preview capsule on naplesnews.com slash prep zone, this is not the same Wolfpack team that has made 10 straight playoff appearances, and I am excited for this one. Let me tell you why. This should be the first running clock game I've covered all year. I've sat through every single minute of second halves. No running clocks for me. I usually get tons because I'm covering Naples, who blows out people. For those that don't know, in the FHSAA, if you are up 35 nothing, or if you are up 35 points in the second half, the clock runs without stopping. So you're playing real time. Gets over in 15 minutes. You're out of there. I have not had one. I want to go home early this Friday. Naples wins huge. Adam Fisher. It seems like you're always the guy that's covering the games till one o'clock in the morning. I, I, do you have more one thirty a.m. finishes to your night than I've had anybody a few. else? And then also when you're at Naples, the games kick off half an hour later. It seems they always have a bigger band show at halftime too, so they end late there anyways. So I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna give you a running uh, a running clock win. I'm gonna go with Naples too. Well, that'll do it for our picks, and that'll do it for the tenth episode of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Thank you to Adam Fisher for joining me on my show. It's my show. It's my the show, Adam right? show. Yeah, exa- exactly. And we always appreciate our producer, Andrea Melendez, for making us sound so professional and awesome. Maybe you do that on your own, but I need a little help. No, Andrea definitely makes us sound good. So, And don't forget to go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com after the games on Friday night for analysis, photo galleries, and highlights. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon 